Well, thank you for joining me once again in this verse-by-verse Bible study. I'm Randy Duncan, and we've just gotten started with our study of the book of Genesis. In the first episode, we only covered verse 1, but we discussed how important it is that you fully understand the implications of what's being communicated in that first verse. Now, spoiler alert here, we're only going to cover verse 2 in this episode. As I mentioned in the first episode, I'm going to treat Creation Week a bit differently since Creation Week seems to be such a stumbling block for many people, particularly non-believers. And so I'm going to slow down, we're going to take our time, and have you take a look at Creation Week maybe in a way that you've never considered it before. And then once we're finished with Creation Week, I'll transition into more of a normal pace in our study, which will usually cover about a chapter per episode. But for now, that simply won't do. And so let's take a look at verse 2, which reads, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now when it says that the earth was without form and void, what in the world does that even mean? I mean, how can we have an earth that exists, but which has no form? Now that Hebrew term for without form and void is tohu vabohu, which means that the earth was completely desolate. It was uninhabitable, a complete wasteland, useless, completely empty. So the earth is here. God has formed it, but it's not yet ready for life. Now, we're just getting started together in this study, but you're going to find that I don't like to push my personal views too hard in this podcast. What I like to do is to make you aware of various interpretations or beliefs when it's appropriate and then allow you to come to your own conclusions after further study. Because I think it's important that we're aware of the different thoughts, the different interpretations that exist within Christianity and to make sure that we don't become too dogmatic on issues that are not related to salvation. Having said that, I'm never going to compromise doctrine as it relates to the basic and to those core tenets of Christianity, like who Jesus was, how we're saved, things like that. I mean, those are non-negotiables. Even Paul said in Galatians 1.8 that even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be under a curse. In other words, if someone preaches or teaches anything other than the gospel of Jesus Christ, let him be cursed. Well, I don't want to be cursed. And so I'm never going to negotiate or compromise on the essential fact that it's only through Jesus Christ that we can be saved. But having said that, there are a few beliefs or interpretations that fall into more of a non-essential category. And so, for example, the age of the earth, the days of creation, the rapture, things like that. We can disagree on the details of those things, because they aren't essential or necessary for your salvation. We can debate and discuss with one another in love as to why we hold certain beliefs about these non-essential topics. And I think Augustine gave us sound advice when dealing with these types of issues when he said, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity. So having said that, and getting back to the earth being formless and void, an unhabitable wasteland, there does exist the idea held by a minority of believers that this term, this tohu vabohu, means but the earth had become empty and void, meaning that at one time in the past, 
after God created the earth, that the earth was habitable, but that for some reason it had become uninhabitable. And they attribute the fall of Satan and Satan being cast down to earth as the cause of the earth becoming this wasteland. And this is where the idea that the earth lay in ruins for a long time, billions of years perhaps, that's where that idea comes in. And this is called the gap theory. And it theorizes a very large gap in time between when God created the earth and when Satan fell and turned it into a wasteland until God once again renews the earth and does what Satan could not, which was to create. Now, for those who believe this, the attractiveness of this theory is that it can perhaps make better sense of the scientific data that tells us that the earth is four and a half billion years old. And so in this way, they can hold on to the scientific data of an old earth while also holding on to the belief in a recent creation for animals and humans. And when I say recent here, this recent creation for animals and humans, I mean to say that they believe that although the earth is billions of years old, animals and humans are less than about 10,000 years old. And so for those people who adopt this view, in their mind, they're able to marry the long ages of the earth that science tells us that it's been here with what they believe scripture teaches about a recent creation for humanity. However, most commentators agree that there's just no reason to interpret tohu vabohu as meaning, but the earth had become. Therefore, most people just stick with, and the earth was empty and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. Meaning, God is in the process of forming the earth, but that it's not yet ready for life. So the second half of that verse says, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And it's like, wait, I, I thought God had already created the heavens and the earth back in verse 1. I mean, how can there be darkness if the universe, which is full of light, was already created? And what is this deep? Keep in mind here that verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, period, that's a summary statement. That's an introduction. Verse 2 now will go back and provide more details into the account of God's creation. Now, as for the, quote, deep here, there's now strong scientific evidence that the earth actually began as a water world. So what would be in mind here are literally deep waters. So what's described is, in essence, a dark water world, which happens to be exactly the way scientists believe the earth started off, a lifeless, dark water world. Now, I will definitely be coming back to this issue of darkness over the coming episodes as we look at each day of creation separately, so I'm not going to go into that much detail here. But it's interesting. Psalm 104 verses 5 and 6, speaking of the earth, says, You covered it with the deep, as with a garment. The water stood above the mountains. Until, that is, the Spirit of God began hovering over the waters, began hovering over the face of the deep. And that word hovering in the Hebrew, it portrays an image of a, of a hen brooding over her eggs in the nest. She protects them. She incubates them. She covers them with her wings. This is the image that the Hebrew conveys in the Spirit of God hovering over the waters. And this will lead us into the next episode where we'll begin to take a look at the specific creation days one at a time. But this creation week is the source of all sorts of conjecture, disagreement, and even outright disbelief. And so if you think I'm just going to do some sort of a quick superficial reading through creation week narrative, 
and then just hit the highlights that you're already so familiar with, covering all six days of creation in one short episode, and not expose you to some various perspectives and interpretations, then you would be wrong. This isn't your grandmother's type of Bible study. No offense, Grandma. And I don't just want to skip through creation week because it's very important to biblical credibility that we correctly interpret the early part of Genesis. Because the book of Genesis is where many non-believers and many skeptics have major hang-ups and problems with the Bible. I mean, it's where they mostly attack the credibility of the Bible. And so we need to be able to offer credible, rational answers to these questions. And the creation week, it just seems to take on more than its fair share of challenges. But also, it's very important to our own Christian walks to understand that even the first chapters in Genesis provide valuable insight into God's creation and plan of salvation. And 1 Peter 3.15 commands us, it doesn't suggest, but it commands us to always be prepared to give a reason, to give a defense or an explanation for the reason for the hope that we have. Now, we can study the Bible all we want, but if we're not learning more about God, if we're not asking the so what question and how that applies to Christ, then we're really just wasting our time. I mean, how is what we are studying pointing us toward Jesus Christ? And that is the backdrop on which we need to study Scripture. And I know I said it in the last episode, but it's really important, these early chapters in Genesis, because if we can't get a person past Genesis 1-1, how are we going to get them to John 3-16? Now, my goal for this podcast is to encourage believers in Jesus Christ, both to encourage current believers in their faith and to help their faith grow stronger, but also to encourage those who have not yet believed to take a serious and fresh look at the truth claims of the Bible. And for all of us, remember, and some of us may need to keep this in mind for the next episode, is that the only barrier to truth is the presumption that you already have it.